There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 97.1 FM The Drive presents the Behind the Song Podcast, taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. On September 16th, 2018, the first episode of the Behind the Song Podcast was released. It was about the lyrics of Heroes by one of my heroes, David Bowie. To mark the occasion of the 50th episode of the podcast, I am returning to Bowie with a deep dive into the lyrics of not just a classic song, but also one of his most iconic characters, Ziggy Stardust. One of the last tracks on Bowie's 1972 concept album, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, the song Ziggy Stardust tells the story of an alien rock star who seduces everything and everyone he meets. He devoured the popular music landscape, becoming the most successful pop star on planet Earth, with legions of fans following his every move. The character Ziggy Stardust was devoid of many of the emotions that humans have, existing on the heat of ambition and adoration. He was a rock star that simultaneously inspired a cult following among fans and generated jealousy among his celestial peers. And he was destined to expire, and he does in the album's closing song, Rock and Roll Suicide. Now, keep in mind a couple of things. Bowie had already shown an affinity for creating characters plucked from the stars. The song Space Oddity gave us Major Tom a character who sat in a tin can far above the world, and Life on Mars from Hunky Dory begged the question whether life existed outside of this blue planet that we all inhabit. And in The Bewley Brothers on that same album, he mentions the Moon Boys, a nod to his own older half-brother, Terry Burns, who suffered from schizophrenia, was institutionalized in 1969, and committed suicide by laying down on a train tracks in 1985. Terry's illness had a profound impact on Bowie, who both lived in fear that he too would one day go insane, and at the same time, he flirted with the concept in so many of his artistic characters and his songs. On the Bowie timeline, most of the songs for the Ziggy Stardust album were written around the same time as the material for Hunky Dory, released the year prior in 1971. But at some point, it became clear to Bowie that the collection of songs that he'd written belonged on a concept album, a rock opera that would incorporate everything he had been working toward up to that point. Sonically, it would include his infatuation with Iggy Pop, who had recently become a friend after meeting at the famed Max's Kansas City Club in New York, and with Lou Reed and the Velvet Underground, the prototypical rock stars who were purveyors of a whole new kind of melodic noise. Backed by Andy Warhol, who had seemingly rejected Bowie previously at a filmed audition meeting at his factory in New York. The androgynous Warhol himself seemed more alien than human, collecting hangers-on and making them stars in his art. 
something that the Ziggy Stardust character would do with his band, the Spiders from Mars. And the character of Ziggy Stardust had other influences as well. By his own admission, he incorporated the English singer Vince Taylor into the character. Taylor was popular in the late 50s and early 60s, a rebel rocker who ended up in obscurity due to his unpredictable behavior, he once declared himself to be God, and his drug abuse. Norman Odom, known as the legendary Stardust Cowboy, was another influence on the Ziggy character. From Texas, he was one of the first psychobilly performers, a performance artist from which Bowie plucked the Stardust name. And there was Kansai Yamamoto, a Japanese designer who worked with David to create his stage costumes in the early 70s, particularly for Ziggy Stardust. Imagine Bowie as Ziggy. The knee-high platform boots, the tight jumpsuit, the mullet, transformed completely from David Jones, Bowie's real name, a mild-mannered English boy who grew up in middle-class polite society into the androgynous, bisexual, thin-as-a-rail, strutting ego of Ziggy Stardust. Bowie was a creator and an actor, and in Ziggy, he created not just a great character for rock and roll, but also the leader of a cult. And indeed, it was that cult of Ziggy phenomenon that had manifested after touring behind the release of the album that ultimately alarmed Bowie. More and more, he began to see kids coming to his shows who were made up exactly like Ziggy, the story arc of the album becoming real life. No one had ever done exactly what David Bowie did with Ziggy Stardust before in popular music, made a character that was so otherworldly and yet so relatable to the thousands of fans who recognized in it something about themselves, that they were different from their parents, certainly, but also from the long-haired, blue-jean-wearing hippies that had taken over the rock and roll scene in the late 60s and early 70s. The new breed wanted escape, not protest songs. They wanted to lose themselves in something that was fabulous and scary and beautiful, something loud and primal and glittery. They wanted glam rock, and Ziggy Stardust gave it to them. The song starts with an explosive riff played by the great Mick Ronson, and then the lyrics go like this. Ziggy played guitar, jamming good with Weird and Gilly, and the spiders from Mars. He played it left hand, but made it too far, became the special man. Then we were Ziggy's band. Now, while Bowie would occasionally play guitar himself, here, he is using an amalgamation of several of his guitar heroes in the song. Jimi Hendrix, who famously was a left-handed guitarist, among others. Weird and Gilly refer to Spiders from Mars drummer Woody Woodmansey and bassist Trevor Boulder, who completed his backing band along with the aforementioned Ronson. In this first verse, the feeling that the band's singer is beginning to get a little big for his britches, so to speak, in the eyes of his bandmates begins to surface. The outrageous persona of the special man causing dissent in the band and in the story arc. And the song continues. Now Ziggy really sang, screwed up eyes and screwed down hairdo, like some cat from Japan. He could lick him by smiling. He could leave him to hang. Came on so loaded man, well hung and snow white tan. 
Now, in this verse, Bowie outlines the uniqueness of Ziggy in the way he looked. A screwed-down hairdo like some cat from Japan alluding to his own unique hairstyles, so different from the look of other rock stars at the time. And his snow-white tan describes the pallor of a star who didn't see the sun as much as he saw the light shining on him on stage. When he sings that Ziggy could lick him by smiling or he could leave him to hang, he means just that. He was a charmer who would love you and leave you in an instant. Nothing sentimental at all about it. And the song goes on. So where were the spiders while the fly tried to break our balls? With just the beer light to guide us. So we bitched about his fans. And should we crush his sweet hands? This is the band, the Spiders, growing more and more resentful of their cocksure frontman, who gives them a hard time and leaves them high and dry with just the beer light to guide us, as he communes with his idolizing fans. And they wonder if they shouldn't go the extra step to ending their torment under his leadership by doing something that would prevent him from performing anymore. And the song goes on. Ziggy played for time, jiving us that we were voodoo. The kid was just crass. He was the Naz. With God-given ass, he took it all too far, but boy, could he play guitar. When Ziggy was jiving that they were voodoo, that's hipster slang for saying that the Ziggy character was denigrating the band as a result of his deficient humanity. He was crass. And they're also saying that he was the Naz taken from Beat Poet Lingo, from a poem by Richard Lord Buckley referring to Jesus of Nazareth as the Naz, meaning, in relation to the song lyrics, that Ziggy was enigmatic to the utmost, a true cult of personality, but that he had taken it all too far. And the song continues. Making love with his ego, Ziggy sucked up into his mind. Like a leper messiah... When the kids had killed the man, I had to break up the band. Ziggy's conceit got into his head, and the ego that fueled him became his entire identity. He had become a leper messiah, a figure who was dangerously close to being crushed by his own design, the fans who fed his ego ultimately posing the greatest danger to him, taking their love away putting out the fire of his own burning self-love. And since Ziggy couldn't have that, or even the thought of that, the band would have to be broken up, and a new creation forged. Because on this, the second to the last track on the album, Ziggy, the character, would indeed go on, with or without the spiders. And as the song ends, Bowie sings again the line that starts the song, a defiant cry of independence from Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy played guitar. It's amazing to me that David Bowie dreamed up this character, wrote an entire album around it, became Ziggy Stardust on stage. The whole story of the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars album was one that he invented, then made manifest in life, down to the screaming, idolizing fans. And then... Just like that, he killed off the character in real life, just like on the album. He shocked his fans and his band when, on the last night of the Ziggy Stardust tour in 1973, he announced from the stage at the Hammersmith Odeon in London, 
that of all the shows on the tour, this particular show will remain with us the longest because not only is it the last show of the tour, it's the last show we'll ever do. And with that, he fired Ronson, Woodmansey, and Boulder, killing off the spiders from Mars and retiring the Ziggy Stardust character for good. He knew that just like in the song, if he kept on fanning the flames of the Ziggy Stardust persona, he stood to lose the rest of the characters that he had in store for us by being forever chained to just one of them. He knew the fickle nature of popular culture and music, that he had to run the clock on his art before he became a fad. And as calculating as that may seem, from someone who had been working for years at that point, since the mid-60s, to achieve the level of stardom and recognition that the Ziggy Stardust character afforded him, he had so much more to create. Aladdin Sane would pop up next, giving way to the Diamond Dogs era, then on to the zoot-suited Hepcat in Young Americans, then on to Station to Station, where we first saw the Thin White Duke character, and from there on to the experimental work that he did with Brian Eno and Iggy Pop on the three albums recorded in Berlin, Low, Heroes, and Lodger. All this before the 70s came to a close. When the 80s came swinging in, Bowie punched back with one of the most successful albums of the decade, one that put him on even footing with pop stars like Madonna, the Let's Dance album. He then continued to try new things, always. New sounds, creating the Tin Machine Band, then going solo again and embracing electronic music before writing what would become his own requiem, the haunting, jazz-tinged Black Star album, which was released on his 69th birthday, January 8th, 2016. He shocked the world again when, just two days after that, he died of liver cancer, something that only his closest circle of family and friends knew that he was even battling. That album, his 25th, was his swan song, full of references to his long, amazing career and the characters that he had created along the way, and discarded. It was his final love letter to his many, many fans all over the world. And Bowie may never have had that long career if he had stayed with Ziggy Stardust, the character, or the Spiders from Mars, the band, as great as they were. And indeed, he said often in interviews that of all the characters he created, Ziggy was the hardest one for him to shake, one that dogged him for years. Psychologically so far removed from his own classy, humorous, and ultimately human personality, Ziggy was his most fearsome creation, his alter-ego supreme. For a character that was only around for little more than a year, he certainly made his mark. A year after Bowie's death, the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars was preserved in the National Recording Registry as being culturally, historically, or artistically significant by the Library of Congress in the U.S., it is one of the most important rock albums of all time because it provided a soundtrack for outsiders, both at the time of its release and through the decades since. The fascinating Ziggy Stardust came to entertain us. And even though David Bowie folded him up and put him away, his songs will indeed live on forever.
I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks to Christian Lane for the music you hear on this podcast. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Podcast One, or stream for free at WDRV.com, Behind the Song, or on the Drive app. Subscribe to the Behind the Song podcast on YouTube and see the video episode. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Jandalane Radio and on Twitter at Jandalane. On the way, new episodes on the lyrics of The Kinks, Heart, and more classic rock and roll. Put the power of podcasting to work for your business. You can be part of Behind the Song and reach potential customers inside every episode. To advertise your product or service by sponsoring Behind the Song, send an email to podcast at hubbardradio.com now.